You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Fans and welcome to your Valentine's Views podcast for Friday, May 27. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View, and today's show comes to you one day after the Giants held their sixth OTA of the offseason program. Second one that media had access to. Yours truly was in East Rutherford, had a chance to speak with uh, defensive coordinator Wink Martindale. Several of the position coaches had a chance to watch practice. So uh, thought we would give you a few overall impressions of what we saw on Thursday and also play some audio for you from uh, Martindale, uh, Brian Dable, uh, some of the uh, some of the players as well. So uh, just a, a couple of quick thoughts. First thing is uh, when it comes to Wink Martindale, our first chance on Thursday to uh, speak to Martindale. One of the things that is really obvious when you speak to Martindale, when you speak to players, coaches about Martindale, is that uh, his aggressive you go after the offense, force them to make mistakes philosophy it is one that has kind of rubbed off on a lot of people. It's one that players are excited about. It's one that coaches seem to be excited about. It's different for the Giants than the the Patrick Graham sort of bend but don't break, sort of uh, try to fool quarterbacks with coverage schemes, you know, allow completions and, and and rally to the football, you know, sort of defense that that Patrick Graham played. Graham was a tremendous defensive coordinator. I think that Patrick Graham could be a head coach someday in the league. But you know, Martindale's philosophy is much different. Martindale's philosophy is all out pressure, go after the quarterback, make things happen try to force mistakes. It'll lead to big plays on occasion, you know, for the offenses as well. It's going to lead to some mistakes and 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 some big plays against the Giants as well, especially considering that uh, the Giants may not have the ideal uh, secondary at this point in time to play Martindale's scheme. We'll see how flexible, you know, Wink is in terms of, of handling that aspect of, of his defense. But you know, Martindale said that that at heart his philosophy is to force mistakes, try to get the quarterback on his back every time he drops back to pass. You know, whether he gets a chance to deliver the pass or not, get him on his back to to make sure that he knows that you're there. Uh, Xavier McKinney asked about it. Said, you know, there's so much aggression. Players love it because they're asked to. Uh, they're they're not asked to to do a lot of complicated things. They're just told to go play, 
and and make plays and and do the things that they've done you know all throughout their football careers so you know terrific uh terrific stuff from players and assistant coaches on uh, on Thursday about Martindale a lot to look forward to there as i said there will be times when uh, you know when you live by pressure you die by pressure there will be times when when that uh when that blows up in uh, in the Giants' faces as well. But, you know, Martindale said, look, he said it's a player's game. You want to put it in the hands of the players. And he said, I don't want to go home at night, you know, after a game and think that in a critical situation I should have been more aggressive. So uh, so that's where that stands. And and that gives Giants fans, I think, something to, uh, something to look forward to. It will certainly make uh, watching the Giants' defense interesting in 2022. And as long as Martindale is the, uh, the defensive coordinator, you know, Wink was uh, – was up front on Thursday about the fact that he would love to be an NFL head coach and that he thinks perhaps this Giants opportunity will help him along that path. So we'll we'll see how that uh, we'll see how that plays out, but right now, you know, Martindale's impact on the philosophy of the Giants is readily apparent. Uh Something to talk about just in terms of, of what we saw on the practice field. Play of the day was made by uh, by rookie wide receiver Wandale Robinson. Hauled in a deep ball for a touchdown on a throw from Daniel Jones. Despite you know great coverage, heavy coverage from Aaron Robinson. Wandale was able to, uh, to get position, to, uh, to twist his body, to get up high make a catch, you know, with Robinson right there. Certainly not a bad play by Aaron Robinson by any stretch of the imagination. Just a a tremendous play, a better play by Wandale Robinson, who is getting a lot of looks throughout the early parts of practices that we've seen. Kenny Galladay is not taking part in team drills. Kadarius Toney and Sterling Shepard are not participating in team drills. So, so uh, Wandale Robinson's getting a lot of looks. Richie James is getting a lot of looks. Darius Slayton's getting a lot of looks. C.J. Board is getting a lot of looks. But Wandale Robinson, to this point, through rookie minicamp, after yesterday's practice, he's been very, very impressive uh, up until now. All right, Giants fans, let's uh, let let's not go any farther with that. Let's get right to uh, some of the the audio that. Uh, that came out of uh, out of Thursday's practice. First up, we're going to hear from head coach Brian Dable, and uh, what we're going to hear from uh, from Dable about is uh, early thoughts on on working with Wink Martindale. Brian, you coming at things from you know most of your career has been as an offensive coach. When you're out here and, and you see Wink do things defensively, do you process it as an offensive coach, and do yeah. you say, man, that? That's hard to, to beat. Um, yeah, my, my first five years in football were learning defense from Nick Saban and Belichick and um, a couple other good coaches that I've worked for. I've obviously been doing offense for a while. Uh, I think one of the reasons uh, we decided to hire Wink was, you know, he does run, I'd say, a multiple scheme, uh, presents certain challenges to you offensively. Uh, he's a good communicator. I think he does a good job of, of leading the defensive coaches and players out there. Uh, but yeah, I'd say it's a, it's always a learning process. You know, you get a um, appreciation for the players. You know, you, you you're running a system and you're installing it, and those guys, this is tough. And then you know, I'm trying to 
make sure I'm up to speed on all the defensive stuff and what we call it and why we do certain things as well as the kicking game. Um, but yeah, there's a lot to it. Yeah. Brian, you mentioned last week wanting Daniel to be aggressive, taking shots. Uh, how has he done with that through five of these practices? Good. Just again, I think those are all good learning lessons. Um, can he fit in in that window? Can he move the safety with his eyes? Can he anticipate where a receiver is going to be based on the choice that the receiver has? Uh, that's going to be all the way through, you know, the rest of these OTAs and, and through training camp. Um, I think that's why you practice you, for a quarterback, especially. Like, it's, it's okay to make a mistake in practice. I mean, you're, you touch the ball in every single play. Let's go ahead and find out, you know, what we need to work on, and let's continue to be as aggressive as we can. With Wink, I think the first word anyone used to describe his defense is aggressive. Like when you were looking for a defensive coordinator, was that a priority, or just you just liked him, or did you, like there's other ways you can play defense? Obviously, sure. Was it his style one that really appealed to you? Yeah, I'd say that you know one he did a good job in the interview. Two, he's his system is difficult to prepare for um, as an offensive coach. So again, there's got to be a good meld of you know personalities and, and a lot of other things that go into it. But but certainly his his defenses. Uh, you know, they were aggressive, presented certain challenges as an offensive play caller, and when you're game planning stuff, again, we're, you know, we're in day six here. He's done, he's put a lot in. Um, I'd say it's still, it's still difficult when you're wearing an offensive coach, you know. Offensive coach has got to go back. You don't game plan against the, your team, uh, but there are certain challenges to it. We good? I know you're, you're, you're big on What'd you say, you're a big, big guy on relationships. Yeah. What have you seen from the play, you know, the players and Wink melding together and, and coming together? Yeah, I think Wink's a very genuine guy. Um, you know, I'd say this: the first day that he stood in front of the defense, I was in that meeting, and it was pretty quiet. He was a guy that was talking most of the time, but I'd say he encourages input and a good give and take in there. And now, when I go in there, you know, the first five minutes, it's like a. You know, it's like a party for five minutes. Everybody's talking, laughing, telling stories. So I think he's done a good job of loosening those guys up. Um, but we got to go a long way to go with those guys. I thought that uh, Tom Coughlin was here the other day. Yeah. What's, what's your relationship like with him? You know, I haven't, I haven't <clears throat> I've known Coach, obviously, from being in the league for a while. Uh, got to talk to him the other day. Didn't have much of a relationship prior to getting here, but just a tremendous amount of respect for what he's done. Uh, as a coach and as a man, you know, the foundation that he represents, you know, going through some tough times right now and um, just got a ton of respect for you know, how he went about his business. Um, a good resource to have, obviously, in the, in the spot that I'm in right now. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, 
and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, next up, let's hear from Martindale himself as he describes his defensive philosophy and as he uh, talks about what he likes about first-round pick Kayvon Thibodeau. Really like uh, where we're at right now. I think it's the second time we've gone through uh, the installation of the, the, the package and uh, uh, love, love the room and uh, really excited to you know take this thing all the way into minicamp and then build for the third time that they'll go through it in training camp. With that, I'll open it up to questions. Coach, can you talk about some of these young corners you have, you know, opposite of Missouri? Yeah, I, I, you know, like A-Rob, A-Rob initially just come to my mind when you said that. I think he's been doing really well. Um, and they're all competing, you know. It's, it's hard when you sit there and, and look at all the different corners right now because of how early it is. You know, we haven't even had a practice in pads yet. And also, they're not in their top training camp fall shape yet so but what I've seen I, I really do like I, I love that room and I, I think we got the best secondary coach in the league with Jerome Henderson so I, I'm, I'm excited for that room you went through a year last year where it seemed like you were trying to find a, a new corner every year yeah. in this defense yeah what kind of lessons did you learn of trying to overcome I know it's don't it's don't go to DoorDash to find a backup corner <laughs> no it uh I, I think that, uh, you know, you just, everything's in perspective, that you have to have a flexible enough scheme that uh, you can make some different changes if you have a, a, a guy that hasn't had much playing time or has been a backup or whatever, uh, that you can you can make some different calls to help that player out. But, uh, I mean, football is, it, it, this is a tough profession. And, you know, it, just like I talk about corners all the time, offense coordinators talk about wide receivers, you know, so... Everybody's, you know, drafting wide receivers, you know, up, up to, you know, top part of the draft. It's, 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 it's a great challenge. You mentioned Aaron before. Uh, what, what do you like about him on the outside? That was, you know, when they drafted him last year, he was seen as a, as a, as an inside guy. Yeah, I, th- I think that, uh, from what I've seen, my evaluation with it is, uh, the game is slowing down for him like it is any rookie going into his second year. But when you put him outside. I think it slows it down even more, you know, from being inside because there's, it's like walking in the middle of the street, you know, when you're inside. Uh, compared to outside, you're just standing on the sidewalk, you can see things a lot, a lot better, a lot easier. When, when, you, when you come in, um, you know, everyone says, okay, Wink's going to bring the pressure package. You know, that's what he believes in. Can you just give a, a quick thumbnail on what your philosophy is as far as, I mean, it's easy to say pressure. I mean, a lot of guys like pressure. But you analytically do it more than anybody, basically. So, what what is your philosophy about what I want to do to the offense? Well, I, I think that you just really answered the question: is is you want to dictate to the offense and sit, instead of sitting there and let them dictate to you? And you know, I, I think that you know this game's of adjustments and mashups and everything else. But I would rather them have a headache and stay up, you know, five nights before we play them, figuring out you know, what we're going to do. We try to present different looks every time we play them because, you know, pressure does break pipes, and that's 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 our philosophy. That, uh, 
you know, if you, you have a great quarterback, uh, you, you want him to make quick decisions that you're going against. And if you have an average quarterback, you want to change up your different looks, coverage-wise and everything else. But at the end of the day, you want the quarterback on his back. And I don't care if he throws it or not, but if you, if you just get quarterback hits, they, they, they know, you know who they're playing against. When you present that to players the first time here, right? Mm -hmm. I imagine, you know, what was their reaction, especially the guys who have been here before? Uh, like I said, it, it's it's a great room. I, I mean, I really do en enjoy that room uh, of, of players, of people, uh, coaches, and and the players. And it's uh, it's just been a lot of fun. And I just tell them who I am. I'm not. I'm just not one of those guys that's going to drive home and say, I wish I didn't play max coverage there. You know, it's it's we're going to put the game in, in the players' hands because this game always has been, always will be about the players, and I've said that ever since I've been in this position. So, you know, I, I think that uh, as long as they know it situationally, what you know, what we're going to call, and and we'll talk about it. You know, we'll talk about it on Saturday. We'll talk about it on Fridays. But Saturday night meeting, you know, in these situations, here's what we're going to call. Is everybody with this? And uh, you get a lot of success because you're putting the, you're putting the game in the players' hands, and that's what it's about. Coach, you guys got a lot lengthier in the, on defense as a whole. How does length help you guys defensively? Well, I always say there's a good place for a small person that's behind a big, long person, you know, in this league because, I, I, you know, it, it helps everything. It helps your open field tackling. It helps separating off blocks. It, you know, it helps going up for the 50-50 ball, you know, so length does play a big part of it. And I thought Joe did a great job and, and Dave's with, with the draft and free agency and, the undrafted free agents. It's it's been it's been a, it's been a long process. You know, we've been here like four months now. But it seems I was joking with Dave the other day. It seems, it seems like we've been together for four years. But I mean, that's a good thing. That's how much we're, we're enjoying enjoying it here and, and, and doing this. We've been in Baltimore for a while. You What's were obviously that? in Baltimore for a while. Uh -huh. you Ten did years. A lot of really good things there. Yeah. What was your uh, reaction when John mentioned to you that he was going to make a change? Uh, it. Really, John didn't mention it to me. We had some conversations, and uh, you know there was a lot of change in the league this year. And there's, you know, I, I'm not going. There's no big secret. I want to become a head coach in this league. You know, I, I thought with the, the the different opportunities, with the different changes, that it was, you know, it, it was it was mutual. And John, I love John Harbaugh. I mean, he, he's he's a brother, and uh, always will be. And Mr. Bishotti took care of uh, our family for 10 years, and I love that organization. But uh, when when this opportunity came about, I, I just thought, you know, from my time before when I, I met with Mr. Merritt and Mr. Tish and those guys, this is uh, this is awesome, uh, awesome opportunity for us. What do you remember about that interview, and why was that a positive experience for you? Just the. Uh, the man that Mr. Mara was, you know, and talking to him, it was just a very comfortable conversation, uh, which he made it comfortable, you know, because I, I, you know, I'm interviewing for the head coaching job, and I wasn't comfortable. I was nervous. As... <laughs> but uh, he made it. He, it was just a, it was a really good conversation that we had for about four hours. After all the success you had in Baltimore, like, what is there left for you to prove to become a head coach? You think? I, 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 you know, I, it'll happen if it's supposed to happen. I, I, you know, I tell my kids this, you know, wherever you're at, where you're supposed to be. And uh, that's what I, the way I feel here now. So, 
it uh, I, I don't you know I don't know what what's in store for us or down the road and that's a great thing about life but I know one thing we're gonna have the best Thursday you've ever seen and so we, we look at it defensively the departures that you guys had most notably James Bradbury and Logan Ryan and some of the outside perspective is this defense is gonna gonna struggle this year so what would your message be to that perception we'll see we'll see you know I just do you prefer Wink or Don? Wink, fine. Yeah, they've, yeah they've, I've been called that since college. How excited were you that you guys did draft, you know, an edge rusher, Kayvon, with the fifth pick? And what are your expectations for him as a rookie, kind of? Just to be Kayvon. I, I mean, I, as a defensive coordinator, you want every pick to be a defensive player. But uh, I was excited. He was, he was, he was Drew's number one guy. Drew Wilkins, the outside linebacker coach, and he was my number one guy coming out of the process. And uh, I, he's going to be a lot of fun to be around. Uh, just all of his different flexibility, the way we can use him in the scheme, and his pass rush ability. Uh, I think that uh, he is a, he's a bright, very football smart kid that has a lot of aspirations and goals, and don't we all want our kids to have aspirations and goals? So I, I just, I've, I've loved him since day one. And, uh, you, you had another young pass rusher last year in- um, Adafi? Yeah, yeah. Oway. Yeah. And are there any similarities? Like, or is there anything that, that, that coachability-wise you would relate? Yeah, they're both great people. You know what I mean? And they're, and they're football smart. You know, but the, you know, there's they're, they're definitely different. You know, but it's, uh, it's going to be like I said, a lot of fun to watch. When you're approached about this job, are you doing a deep dive on what the talent level is here, or do you just simply say I can work with whatever they give me? I, I think that you do that. I, I, I think that you work with whatever they give you wherever you go, and I think anybody tells you any different is looking you dead in the eye and lying, because uh, you know I've. I've respect. I didn't know Brian, you know, you know personally. You know, we've been around each other, but I've respected him as as a coordinator, as a defensive coordinator, going against an offensive coordinator, and I've learned a, a lot of football in the last four months from him. Uh, how he looks at things offensively, and let's don't forget he coached defense too. He coached defense for five years, and uh, I just I, I really respect him as a man and and. Uh, and I know you guys can see the, the, the change of the culture around here that uh, that we're going to have fun and we're going to we're going to play hard hard nose. We're going to run after the football and tackle people. I guarantee you that that we'll play hard as as, as, as they can play. In Baltimore, you guys have seem like a great linebacker every year. I know he's coming off injury, but what do you see from Blake Martinez he's here or in the past? Yeah, he's Blake's doing everything that that uh, that you can possibly do to get back on the field. He, you know, he tells me he's ready to go right now, and I know Ronnie is doing a great job with him. And uh, uh, I, I, I just, I really respect Blake and what he's done in this league. You're obviously a very fiery guy. We all know know that. So, just circling back to what, what before. Um, the, the idea that people don't have high hopes for this defense. Do you want to prove that wrong? Do you, do you have a fire? Look, we'll control the narrative. You know, that's what I'll tell you. We, we, we control the narrative. People can say what they want to say. We'll see when, when time to kick it off down there in Nashville. We'll, we'll, we'll see where we're going to be at by then. But we control the narrative in the room. And, and uh, 
I'm excited about this season. Now let's hear from uh, three members of the Giants secondary as, uh, you know, that's one of the groups that uh, there's a lot of questions about the secondary with Logan Ryan having been cut, with James Bradbury having been cut. Obviously, secondary will be will be revamped. Guys like Julian Love, guys like Aaron Robinson will have increased roles. A guy like Adoree Jackson will have some increased responsibility. So first up, let's, uh, let's hear from Adoree Jackson as he talks about uh, about the uh, the Giants' decision to move on from James Bradbury, how much did things change for you in the defense? We keep hearing how like different it is, but for you, did things change a lot? Uh, I think for me, I'm just trying to learn, understand uh, multiple positions, as in not just my own, but to know where my help is uh, defensively, whether it's uh, we're in zone, where. Uh, somebody may be driving our man if we have rats and coverage if we don't just understanding uh, what the weakness is and trying to make sure that uh, I'm on top of that and then working from there what's sort of your mindset now that you're sort of the definitive number one cornerback in this defense the guy who perhaps will be asked to cover the top receiver uh, just by lead by example and like you said uh, understanding that's the position that I'm in and taking uh, full responsibility and accepting the role um, um, that's given to me um, so I think you know that's my my mindset. Um, obviously, if you're given a role, you got to believe that you can do it and do it at the highest ability. And in that aspect, just taking it day at a time um, at practice in the classroom or in the meeting room, whatever it may be, just trying to get those reps mentally and physically, so I can go out there and be prepared and uh, do it at a high level. Sorry, I talked to you a while ago, and you said the possibility if James Bradbury would be released would be devastating. Is it? Yeah, it hurts. You know, that's a guy that when I came in, um, we bounced ideas off each other's uh, different techniques, how he plays. But at the end of the day, uh, I can say I gained a brother in the process of knowing him. So at the end of the day, it's like, you know, your brother going off to college, um, the younger brother. So you see him leave, go somewhere else, but at the same time, you know, still being uh, in touch with him and happy for him at the end of the day. You know, as soon as he signed, I was happy for him, told him, you know, we're going to have the jersey spot, whatever it may be, uh, about, since we play him twice a year. What about landing in Philadelphia? Uh... That sucks, you know what I'm saying? It's like going to your rival. That's like me and Darnay, you know, USC and UCLA. But at the end of the day, still family. Um, and still wish them the best and wish them well, regardless of um, everything that's going on. You've been in the league a while. How much do players like pay attention to the business side of it? Because obviously he wasn't here. You kind of knew something like this was going to happen. But how much do guys talk about or aware of it in the locker room? Um, I think you pay attention to it more once you, you know, you're in it and go through it. You know, I can attest when I was a rookie, you know, the OGs used to come and tell me about it. I'm like... I just got here. I'm 21 years old. Now that I'm 26, it's like, man, I've seen it, been through it, dealt with it. And, you know, if anybody has questions um, at the end of the day, you know, when it happened with JB, I texted the group um, and told them, I mean, it's just an opportunity for us, you know, as individuals, you know, to do what we have to do and step up and, and go play and do something for ourselves. Because um, the situation going to hit us all, whether we want to or not, but at the end of the day, um, but go out there and do what you can do and compete and make it hard for them to, to not want to, you know, make those changes. But at the end of the day, you never know what happens. It's, a, it's above us. You talked about the, ro- the role you were given, you're, you're given here now. Um, with A-Rob, A-Rob gets sort of bumped right. up too. Right, right. Uh, how's, how's he doing? How's he handling that? And you know, he missed a lot of action last year. And, and this isn't really the position where he was drafted to play. Right. No, what's crazy is, um, you know, I actually, when we got A-Rod, I watched his film, and I seen him at UCF. I'm like, damn, this dude can press. He can play well. When I found him, he went to Alabama. 
prior, and I said, oh, that's why you're pretty good because you was a, you, you're really an Alabama DV. So, um, you know, A-Rob is, is very talented, and, you know, it's all about working. And I, I think, you know, your aspect coming from wherever you come from, wherever you get drafted, to eventually play one day and be ready. And I felt like A-Rob stayed the course even though when he got – he was, you know, banged up and he came in and played and played highly well. Um, and that put on his resume now. So when situations happen like this, you know, it gives him an opportunity to come play. So I feel like he did did what he needed to do, uh, continue to work hard, continue to stay himself, and, and stay focused throughout the whole process. You know, so I look at it and they say, can, can you be a shutdown number one corner in a defense that asks you to play a lot of man coverage? So, so what is your confidence level that you can be that, that guy? Um, it's me believing in myself. And the confidence that I have is putting in the work. I mean, Confidence comes from um, mentally and physically being prepared. So at the end of the day, no matter what the situation is, no matter what the task is, if you go out there and you're confident in your prep and mentally uh, being pre- prepared of uh, what you're doing, I mean, the sky is the limit. But at the end of the day, it's on you. So you can be physically prepared, but if you're not mentally prepared for the task, it's not going to get done. The same thing, vice versa. Like, you can believe it, but if you didn't put in the work physically and get all the reps in, then that won't happen. How do you think you can get better from last year? Uh, I think all aspects of my game uh, can get better, improve, communicate, um, alignment, assignment, and technique. Um, no matter what I did good, I can get better in whatever I did um, not as well to try to focus more on that and improve more on that. And I think on, you know, it's, you know, it's crazy talking to Steve Smith today, and he was talking about whatever you do, try to make a play a day. And, you know, the play that you think that you did well, you look on film, it might not be as good as you think, and the play that you didn't think was good ended up being a good play. You know, the ones that you don't know, you don't take the aspect in and coming in and taking everything, um, you know, personal and treating that first rep just like it's the last rep and having that mentality. So I think improving in that aspect is every play um, is my last play and going out there and giving them all. Was that, pick six? was that pick six a play you thought you did well? For sure. Um, and what's crazy is before we actually – talk, you know, something similar about that in the meeting room, about quarterback being under center, this, that, and the third, and watching the moves and what may happen, quick game, or if it's a, you know, play action, deeper developing route. So, you know, it was crazy before that play. We actually was talking about that in the film room, and then we come out here actually seeing, and I think that takes, like you're saying, a test of how do you get better. And we always talk about taking the classroom to the field uh, and whatever it may be. So I seen it or listened to it, didn't actually see that route, but I listened to it. And then, you know, understanding that's the first move, second move, third move, trying to react and talking to Steve Smith about that. So um, I think that's an attest to Steve and, and Coach Wink and, and Coach Rome, you know, about trying to take the next step and the next level by um, dissecting everything. What makes, what makes Jerome? I, I thought zone concepts were a myth in this system. I thought it's all man, no zone. I mean, I feel like everything, it turns into man at the end of the day. Whoever comes down to me deep and I'm playing, you know, whatever it's a zone, I uh, pretty much got him. I'm man up match. Or let's say we're in third down. Um, you're not just going to play. Let's say it's like third and, third and three, third and five when we're in zone. Let's say he call cover three. You're not just going to bail and protect your third. Let's say a dude runs a you know, third and five. He runs like an eight yard out. But at the end of the day, you're going to match it because it's third and short. You're not just going to stay in your third because that's what your task tells you to do. So then it is about being a football player and understanding you know, what's going on. Next up, third-year safety Xavier McKinney tells us uh, what he thinks of, of Wink Martindale and the new defensive scheme that Martindale has brought with him. So what's it like with the new guy? 
Who? Wink. Oh, Wink. Oh, uh, it's really fun. Um, I think we all enjoying it. Um, you know, just the, uh, so much aggression, uh, and it's just giving us energy. We're able to go out there and play uh, without worrying about making mistakes. Um, so it's just giving us a lot of freedom to to just go play, go go attack, and, and be the playmakers that you know that we have on our, on our defense. So it's been fun, and uh, we've loved every bit of it. Zay, is that the main? Is that the focal point of Wink's defense? Is attack, attack. You dictate, not the offense. Yeah, yeah, and I and I and like I said, we love it because um, you know ultimately as a defense, that's what we want to do. Uh, we want to you know we want to make the offense make mistakes. Uh, not them wait, not us wait for them to make a mistake. So we want them to, to make a mistake off of, you know, what we do um, and, and you know how we bring that aggression towards them. Xavier, how different is it without Logan and James Bradbury? It seemed like last year secondary was like the strength of the unit, and now all of a sudden it's like you, you're the old guy. Yeah, uh, we, we definitely miss those guys, man. And, um, you know, they, they made decisions, you know, for, for them that were, you know, for good for their situation. And uh, we, I was just talking to Low actually uh, yesterday about, I just called him uh, just to check up on him, but uh, we all keep in contact and, you know, we all brothers at the end of the day, but, um, you know, the guys that we have now, um, you know, in our, in our DB room are great. Um, and, and we all just, you know, finding that, that building that chemistry with each other, um, you know, finding that, finding that bond within ourselves and within our group. And uh, like I said, we having fun. It seemed like last year was kind of a, breakout year for you what do you consider your next step uh take it take it uh you know 10 times forward um so that's that's you know that's what i'm trying to do i'm trying to make sure that you know whatever whatever it is i need to do to you know help this team win games um and help us play uh you know great defense um you know that's what i'm that's what i'm willing to do and that's what i'm going to do so uh you know for me that's what i'm focused on called uh, Jerome Henderson the best secondary coach in the NFL. Obviously, he's the only one you've ever known. But what about him makes him a good coach, and how important was it for all the young guys in this room to have the consistency of, I think he's the only assistant who stayed. Yeah, yeah, no. For us, we feel great about it. It's, uh, you know, Rome and Mike actually with us um, that stayed. Um, So, you know, we were happy about that. But, you know, they definitely give us the confidence to go out there and just play. Um, They help us a lot out there on the field just of, you know, seeing different things. Um, So, obviously, when I came in, that's uh, Rome is who I had. Um, So, you know, it's been great just being able to stay with him. Obviously, in this game, you always, you know, it's it's been a lot of coaches getting switched around. But, you know, keeping our same coach and keeping the coach that I had my rookie year is is great because we we already had that chemistry with each other. Um, A lot of us had that bond with him already. So, um, it's a lot easier to, you know, be able to just, you know, listen to him and, and, you know, be able to soak in the information that he gives us. With pressure comes, you know, sometimes a DB gets stuck on an island. Do you mind that? No, I don't. I don't, uh, especially in this defense, because <laughs> uh, it's, it's so much uh, aggression. You know, we, we, it just, it, like I said, it gives you the freedom to just go out there and play. Um, so I, I don't mind that at all um, because at the end of the day, it's me versus you anyways. So uh, I'm trying to win, win that battle every time, and I'm confident that I'm going to win that battle every time. So um, that's how I see it, and, and that's how I go about it. How do you, when you obviously had a lot of the turnover on the coaching staff, but you individually, how did you attack the offseason and will continue to attack in terms of here's my game, here's where I want to take my game? Yeah. I just wanted to take it to the next level, man. Uh, I think my biggest thing this offseason has been 
a lot of film study. Um, so I've just been diving in on film, um, just you know, seeing seeing different things uh, that the offense does, whether that splits, how they run things, when they're going to run things, situational stuff. So that's been really my biggest thing. Like every day I, I train, but you know, I, I wanted to make sure that I overemphasize just staying in the playbook, um, staying you know, watching game film, watching practice film, watching myself, seeing what I could improve on. So uh, I think that was the biggest thing for me as far as. You know, really taking this thing to the next, the next level, because that's a lot of times that's what separates the good guys between the great guys is, is the film study part of it. So uh, that's what I know, um, and I've, that's what I've seen. So uh, just been focusing on that. The way you watched film, or the amount of film that you watched? Uh, kind of both. Um, you know, I, I watched it more at like a slower pace. Um, just so I can, uh, you know, be locked in on, on certain things. So if I saw a play once, I would try to make sure that I could be able to see that play again. So for me, it was just watching it at a slower pace, not just kind of going through. But then sometimes I would also just sit there and just watch the whole game. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't rewind. I would just let the game play through. Um, and if something came and I saw something, I'd write it down. Or, you know, I'd call it out before, before it happened. So uh, it was kind of both for me. So you missed... Uh good chunk of your rookie year because of injury uh, came back and, and were able to play last year. A-Rob is sort of in the same situation a year a year removed from that. What uh, what advice do you have for him and, and what can he expect in the second year that's sort of a restart, a do-over for him? Uh, just to go out there and, and be himself. Um, that's that's what we ask, you know, amongst ourselves. Uh, we're all, we all hold each other to a, to a high standard in our room um, and we all know that we all hold each other accountable, so um, you know, for him, it's, it's really for all of us. You know, just go out there and play, be yourself, um, and go make a play. Uh, so, you know, we don't, if, if you mess up, we, I mean, we don't really, we don't worry too much about that because uh, everybody going to have their mental errors. I have mine. Um, I had some today. Uh, so, but everybody's going to make their mistakes. Uh, just go out there and play, and uh, we'll, we'll correct it later. One more. What, uh, what did you think when the team drafted Evan Neal? What was his rap at Alabama? Yeah, man, I, I was I was happy about that one. Uh, I, I was getting on him. Uh, I've been getting on him a couple of days. Been on this on this on this case a little bit, but I was glad that we picked him up, man. He's been been great so far uh, from what I've seen when we go out there and compete against them. So um, you know, we we I mean we fa we family. So uh, you know, we obviously we played at Bama together. Um, and it was fun there, and I'm just glad that, glad that he's you know my teammate again, and and glad that we can have him a part of the team. Finally, let's hear from second-year cornerback Aaron Robinson, drafted a year ago with the idea that he would most likely be a slot corner. Robinson ended up playing more on the outside, actually, than he did in the slot. And Robinson is getting the first opportunity at the uh, at the starting boundary corner job, vacated, obviously, when the Giants uh let Bradbury go. So uh, we had a chance to speak with Robinson about the the opportunity that he has, and here are a couple of things that he had to say. What kind of opportunity do you feel like you have in front of you this year? Uh, definitely a great opportunity. You know, to um, pretty much just come to work and you know seize my opportunity to get better every day and uh, you know be around some great guys. And what are the uh, particular? adjustments for you, technique-wise, mindset-wise, going from the slot to the outside? 
I try not to think of it, you know, too much of a difference. Um, you know, except now I got, you know, more sideline to, uh, you know, work with. Um, you know, other than that, it's pretty much, pretty much feels like it's, it's coming along good. How does that play in your advantage, having more sideline to work with? Why, is, why do you like that? So, you have the sideline to work with. You know, it sounds like you were saying that's a good thing. Why is that? Uh, you know, just, you know, being in the slot, you know, it's, it's more green to work with. Um, and, you know, us being DB, sidelines are our friends. So, that's, that pretty much sums it up. How much, as a cornerback, are you going to be asked to do different things in this scheme? Not too much, just, you know, um, just to do my job and get my job done. There's a feeling, though, that you guys are going to kind of be left on an island a lot more. I mean, do you sense that, or is that you think it's, it's going to be kind of similar in that regard? Um, you know, I'm not thinking about it too much. Uh, you know, cornerback is a cornerback. You know, you, you're trying to defend your turf. And, um, you know, I'm going to try to try my best to do that the best way I can and, and, you know, get better every day doing it. What, um, what was it like going through the last couple of weeks, months, really, uh, to change the situation, kind of playing out, and how that, how that may or may not have affected you, uh, depending on where he landed and where, what happened with the team? Right. Um, you know, I, I wasn't thinking about that, you know, not at all this, this offseason. Um, you know, just working my craft, trying to get better, you know, for myself and my opportunity whenever it presented itself. How do you describe your rookie year? Like, was it frustrating you missed all that time? Did you feel like you got a lot out of it, like, towards the end when you were playing? Like, how do you look back at your first year? Yeah, um, you know, def- definitely a learning experience. You know, um, a lot of a lot of it was mental for me at first. And, uh, you know, I had some great guys around me helping me and, and bringing me up, you know, until I was able to get back out there and, uh, you know, help them any way I could. But, you know, it was, it was just... You know, from a mental standpoint, it was everything was pretty good, though. How much outside corner did you play at Central Florida or Alabama before that? Like, how much outside corner have you played in your life? Uh, definitely, definitely say I played a lot of outside corner, you know. Um, and I definitely say I played, I played a lot, you know. Just following up on that. Um, I know you actually snap-wise played more outside corner than in the slot last year, but overall you didn't play a lot. So when's the last time, uh, when's the last season when you played a lot of outside corner? Last season, um, I mean, whenever they needed me, you know, uh, you know, I played, you know, in the slot, outside, you know, whenever they needed me to. Yeah, so like in your final year at Central Florida, I think you were, were you mainly a slot corner? Yeah, for sure. Like the year before that, I'm just trying to say, when is the last season, the most recent season, when you played a lot of a lot of outside? A lot of outside. Last year for sure was was a lot for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I definitely say, you know, the opportunity is that's going to present themselves. You know, um, it's a great scheme. Still learning, still getting better every day, learning it. How important do you think it was, for, you know, the whole new regime comes in, you missed so much time last year, that Jerome stayed here and could sort of vouch for you and, and, and knew you and knew what you were capable of, even though it may not have shown on the field because of your injury. How important was that for you to, to be where you are right now, you know, playing with it once? Yeah, uh, my main focus was, was to just get better every day, show up to work and, and you know, um, 
whatever I need to do, whatever I needed to do to get better and get back on the field. Uh, you know, I tried my best doing that, and you know, everything else pretty much played out for us. So. That's our show for today, Giants fans. Thank you, as always, for listening. Please remember to uh, subscribe to Big Blue View Radio and all of your favorite podcast applications. Stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.